This is the On The Line Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the On The Line Podcast. Here again with Noah. How you doing? Doing good, man. Had a great 4th of July weekend. Hope uh, hope you had a good one as well. Uh, and excited to talk about what we have going on on the show today. Yeah, dude, I, I had a good 4th of July as well. Thanks for asking. Um, little side note, I made a bet with my girlfriend over the weekend that if she beat me in pool basketball, I'd have to come on the podcast and say that. So credit to her, I got my ass kicked in pool basketball and she beat me. So she's officially better than me at that, which is fine, which is fine because we all can't be good at everything. But, you know, we got a special guest on the show today, Ryan Porteous, longtime Jet fan, Good friend of Noah and I, uh, Ryan. How you doing, man? I'm great. We're, we're good, dude. We're good. We're good. We're excited to have you on the show, man. So, let's get into the uh, a little outline here. What we're gonna do is we're gonna start off the show with some Antonio Brown news. He's been in the news a little bit, and we're gonna say what teams we all think that Antonio Brown could go to in the off season, and then we're gonna look at. Uh, in the news over the past week, um, the Redskins have been in the spotlight. The Nathan's hot dog co- eating competition happened over the weekend, and there was also some other big sporting events, such as they had NASCAR races and golf matches over the weekend, so great stuff there. Then we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to end the show with a good debate. It's going to be a heated debate about the MVPs of every AFC team. So all of us picked one MVP from every team. And we're going to debate why we think that that person is the most valuable player on that team. So let's start it off right now with the Antonio Brown team selection. So, you know what? I'm going to defer to Ryan. First time on the show. Let's go here. Ryan, who do you think that Antonio Brown could sign with in the offseason? I appreciate the spotlight, Mark. Um, um, First off, I would say that I believe that Antonio Brown would most likely sign with the Seahawks. Recently, recently, just last week, he was seen uh, practicing with Russell Wilson, one probably one of the best quarterbacks in the league, probably behind Patty Mahomes. And uh, I just, I just believe he would be a great fit for for, uh, for Seattle, especially uh, especially with Metcalf on the other side. I know I know AB loves being in the slot, so that would help um, that would help out with him. And you know, Russ got Russ has a huge arm, so he can sling it and he can sling it deep. He can. Do a little short routes with AB and let him go. So, what do you uh, what do you think about that? So, I actually like that. I liked what the first thing you said, where Russell Wilson is a great QB just behind Patrick Mahomes. Just for everyone listening, if you listen a few episodes back, we did our QB rankings, and Noah and I debated whether Russell Wilson or Patrick Mahomes was better. And I must say, Port agreed with me that Patrick Mahomes is better than Russell Wilson. But that's not what we're talking about. Absolutely, we're talking yeah. about Antonio Brown. So, you know, I do think Antonio Brown to the Seahawks is a smart move for them because they have Metcalf, they have Lockett, but, um, you know, Antonio Brown can really stretch the field. He would just add a whole nother dynamic to that team with Russell Wilson. But my pick for Antonio Brown would actually be the, the San Francisco 49ers. I think Antonio would fit in well there. If everyone remembers, as soon as it, the rumors came up that Pittsburgh, that he wanted to leave Pittsburgh, he was posting photoshopped images of him in a 49ers uniform. He was posting pictures of him with Jerry Rice. He has always felt that the 49ers would be a good organization to join. And especially with the injury to Debo Samuel that they just had, I think having him alongside Kittle for Jimmy Garoppolo would just be an unbelievable combo. 
that they really can't beat. Plus, they have the cap space to sign him. I think they still have $12 million in cap. Yeah, and we all know AB, AB business is booming for him. He definitely won't sign for the kind of contract that Cam Newton got. But I, I, you know, I think the 49ers could definitely be a good match for him. Noah, who do you, who do you think Antonio Brown should go to? Yeah, Port Mark. I like both of your picks. Obviously, the uh, Seattle Seahawks are the front runner there. Uh, with AB posting the workout video with Russell Wilson and Mark, like you said last uh, last time AB was in the market, he was posting a picture online with him in a 49ers jersey, pushing for him to go to San Francisco. So I like the option there to pair up with Jimmy G and be the wide receiver one there. They don't really have a stud weapon besides Kittle, but uh, my dark horse pick for Antonio Brown's landing spot would be the Philadelphia Eagles, mainly because they haven't had. A stud receiver and who knows how long i think their best uh besides alshon jeffrey their best weapon in recent memory at wide receiver was jordan matthews uh carson wentz hasn't had an a thousand yard wide receiver to work with since he's been there his top two targets last season in terms of yardage were zach Gertz and dallas goddard who are both tight ends so and we know alshon's uh troubles with injury as well as deshaun jackson's um uh, and then they do they did add jalen rieger in the draft he runs sub four three speed when he's absolutely moving, and we know he can fly down the field. But is he a wide receiver one? Is he going to be able to be as dynamic as Antonio Brown, or any of the weapons going to be able to be as dynamic as AB? Absolutely not. We know what he can do on the field when he's healthy and when his head's screwed on straight. He's a top three wide receiver in the league, if not the best. Uh, and then we know the struggles that they've had with Nelson Aguilar in the past, he pretty much just could not catch the ball, which is the opposite of what the wide receivers hired to do. So Carson Wentz has had zero help there on the outside. Uh, his best weapons have been, or at the pass catching position, have been tight ends. So I think AB would be a great fit there. The Eagles are a contender this year, and uh, I think AB would be the weapon that would be able to push him over the top. I kind of like that weapon for Carson Wentz, honestly, because, you know, he's got great arm talent. He can sling it just as good as, you know, really anyone. The only thing is this, is that I think I think everybody knows A.B. really has, you know, he wants to be the guy. And while the Eagles don't have a true number one, you know, they have Alshon Deshaun, just got Re- Jalen Rager, like, I, I don't know if it might be too crowded there in Philly. You also have to remember they got Marquise Goodwin in the offseason too, so they have a speedy guy that can stretch the field. You know, what do you think? Do you think it might be a little too crowded for him, or do you think that, you know, once A B gets there, you think that they much they might just push some of the guys aside, they might just stop playing like Deshaun or maybe Goodwin might just take like second team snaps or things like that. What do you think? Do you think it might be too crowded? Yeah, like you said, it could be too crowded, but I would go with the latter and actually say that if he does go there and if they do choose to go with that route, that guys like Deshaun Jackson or Alshon, they would see a reduction in uh, targets. I mean, look, you know what you have in Antonio Brown and you know what you've had in Alshon and Deshaun in the past, which has been inconsistency not only with on-the-field performance, but injuries as well. You just don't know if they're going to be on the field from week to week. And Goodwin's a nice speedy threat, but just like Rieger, is he going to be a guy that's going to be able to take over at any given point in the game? No, he's going to be a guy that you're going to chuck it down the field a handful of times a game. That's why I think that if they would pursue AB, that other guys would see reduced targets or they actually might be shipped out completely. There could be another team looking for a speedy deep threat, and that's what that's pretty much what the uh, 
what the wide receiver room is there in Philadelphia besides Alshon. It's just guys that can go one way really fast. Right, right. Now, you know what? So right now we have Port likes the Seahawks. I like the Niners, and you like the Eagles. Do you guys have another team you think you'd go to? Maybe one that's not as big. Maybe a team that's kind of like a dark horse or something like that. What do you guys think? I don't know about another like dark horse. I guess another like favorite I've I've heard is the Ravens, and that that they've been going on. But I know I know uh, Lamar and Lamar Jackson and Antonio Brown have a very close relationship, and they have and they have worked out in the past uh, together. So that could be another possible landing spot for Antonio Brown. And I mean, and why not? It's it's the Ravens. They're probably the best team, the best team in the league. So it'd be a great spot for him. Let's see if he wants to take a pay cut though, because I know cap the cap their their cap is um a little high right now. But but yeah, I can definitely see uh, Antonio Brown joining the Ravens, and why not? Be, yeah, I mean, they, spot. They, like you said, with the cap, they only have nine million in cap, which is the lowest out of all the Sorry. teams yes. mentioned before. Um, but you know, like you said, that that is an example of a wide receiver room that's not that crowded. But you might think that he may not get as many targets. He may not get his fair share there in Baltimore. You think that could affect, you know, his decision making and maybe, you know, maybe he doesn't want to play for Baltimore or anything like that? Oh, I mean, absolutely. They And the Ravens have plenty of weapons as well. And mainly uh, tight ends with Hertz, Andrews, and uh, Boyle. Big three big tight ends, and of course they have a uh, Hollywood Brown speedster, who just kind of just goes vertical. So it'd be a great fit, though. He'd definitely be the number one. But like you said, um, would he want to take a pay cut, or would he? He would definitely see. Would he want? Would he be okay with his reps going down? So that's uh, and you know we all know Antonio Brown. He's not the most level-headed person. So that um, is true. And being being a yeah. Steeler fan, I would love. I, I mean, I would hate if he went to Baltimore. Honestly, I'd hate. Oh, that. I know you would. You can't cover him. You can't cover him. You can, he's he's impossible to cover one on one. But you know, I like that pick actually. The Ravens. I mean, that would make their offense just totally unstoppable. Because oh, absolutely. You have to cover the run game now that they have. Um, they have Mark Ingram. You got to cover Lamar Jackson running, and then you got to cover the pass game. So how do you cover all three on any given play? You can't really do that. So that's a good pick there, Noah. Who else do you think might be a good landing spot for Antonio Brown? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of wide receiver needy teams out there. One thought that I did did have early on was, why doesn't he stay close to home and go to Miami? But I don't think Brian Flores would put up with any of Antonio Brown's shenanigans there. He would be the absolute wide receiver one, even though Devontae Parker did have a nice year in Miami last year. But AB would be able to come in and make an immediate impact. But I don't think Flores would be able to put up with that. But one other dark horse team that I could see is a New York Giants, mainly because it fits Antonio Brown's persona of being the superstar, diva, elite type of guy. They do have some weapons there with Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard, but those aren't wide receiver one guys. Golden Tate's prime has passed. Antonio Brown would be able to come in, work with Daniel Jones, be the immediate impact player that he was before he left the league roughly two years ago. Uh but the thing is, is the Giants don't seem to be contenders right now. And is that high up on AB's priority list? I don't really know. I, don't, I actually have no idea what's going through the dude's head at any given point in time. All I know is he wants to be the guy and he wants his cash. So the Giants have a decent amount of cap space left, about $16 million. They're right around 
league average in terms of cap space left right now. So that's plenty of room to sign Antonio Brown. I don't think he would get a contract higher than that. But Mark, what's one more dark horse team that you think AB could go to? I love the Giants, but I'm actually going to go with the team that plays in the same stadium. I'm going to go New York Jets here. You know, I think the Jets are, you know, a big play wide receiver away. I mean, they from being like an actual decent team, especially in the AFC East now that Tom Brady's out of that division. I mean, Cam Newton, like I said in the last show, I think that I think the Patriots are an eight and eight team next season. I think people are overhyping him, and I don't think he's got that athletic the athletic ability that he's had when he was in Carolina, but. I think the New York Jets would be a good spot for him. I mean, they need a wide receiver. They have none. They got rid of their best one, Robbie Anderson. He went to the Panthers last season, or in the offseason, excuse me. And think about this. It could incentivize Jamal Adams to stay. I mean, Jamal Adams is – he's look, I, I saw this meme on the internet. It's a Bugatti at a, at a just totally run-down house. I don't know if you guys have seen that. But it's literally a Bugatti that's parked at, like, this shack, and it's like, this is Jamal Adams on the Jets. Like, you literally have this, like, amazing, like, great player and everything, and he's just surrounded by trash. And I think that if you bring Antonio Brown in, it might want to incentivize him to stay because it's like, you know, you got you got another nice piece, and it's like, you know what, maybe we could change the culture. Maybe we can change the way around here. Plus, Le'Veon Bell is in New York. and I was just about to say that, Mark. Yeah, they were teammates in Pittsburgh, and I think yep. that they would be great together. I mean, Port, as a Jets fan, how would you feel Antonio Brown going to your team? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I would love it. Who wouldn't want Antonio Brown on their team? And, of course, yeah, when you if you bring Antonio into, into the locker room, you got you got to know that he's gonna he may bring some chaos with him. But if that's but if he's performing on the field, then honestly, I'm fine with it personally. And I know the Jets have are already dealing with the whole Jamal issue, and and that and that's its own problem itself. But I would love Antonio Brown to be on be on our team. Who wouldn't? Seriously, exactly. exactly. And trust me, as a Steeler fan, I would totally take Antonio Brown back um, because he's just. I wouldn't take Lev Bell back, but I would take AB back just because he's he's on another level. He's a, He's a top 10 wide receiver of all time. His stats speak for themselves. I mean, he's he's a total unbelievable athlete. And I think that the Jets would be a good spot. And I think that it would also help Sam Darnold grow. I mean, if you look at Sam Darnold, like, has there really been anybody there in terms of, like, wide receiver threats or, you know, even in the backfield? Has there any been Has there been anyone there that's really helped him that much? Honestly, no. No. I mean, they got Lev Bell because they thought that he could be a pass catching back and a run and a running back, obviously. But like, they're all, your offensive line is not that good. I mean, you just drafted Becton, which is a great pickup for you guys. But you know, Le'Veon Bell, his art was patience. You know, waiting behind the offensive line, just waiting like a half a second and hitting the hole as soon as it opened up. But the Jets are not giving him that hole, and that's the problem there. I think if you add a B, teams can't stack the box as much because they have to pay attention to playing the wide receiver. And I think it would give Sam Darnold an opportunity to really grow this season if you give A.B. on that team. That's why I think the Jets would be a good landing spot for him. Oh, absolutely. Having Antonio Brown paired with uh, Sam Darnold would be unbelievable for Sam. And, and personally, I mean, I, I mean, the Jets have acquired a lot of good uh, linemen this off this offseason, including Greg, Greg Van Braun, uh former tackle from the Panthers, Tackle George Font, former uh, Seahawks tackle, and uh, like you said, uh, Beckham they drafted Beast from Louisville. So you got some you got some decent uh, decent linemen coming in this se- this season. Hope and 
I know they're all pumped. For, I know Bell was pumped up for uh, for drafting Beckham. So I'm looking forward to the season. And I know it's scary to say as a Jets fan because we're always <laughs> we're always going into the season on the high horse and always getting let down. But I truly do believe this is uh, it's gonna be a good season. As a Jets fan, I'm gonna tease you a little bit here. What is the best part of being a Jets fan? Is it right before the season when optimism happens is it the nfl draft when you're like okay this is our year we just got our guy when is the best time to be a jets fan uh i think it's a draft no doubt no doubt about it draft, i love really? i love having a top 10 pick every year <laughs> <laughs> okay all right all right let's move on to the in the news segment where we talk about news that happened over the past week of the sports world so let's start off here with the um Redskins change of name possibly coming. I mean, it's been they've had pushback against the name of Red the Redskins team for years. I mean, I feel like this has just been a conversation that comes up every other year that they need to change the name, but now there's a big change in the social culture of America and I think that it's really being brought to light right now. Um so I think that the Redskins are going to eventually have to change their name. Their sponsors are saying that as well right now. So um I think that that's eventually going to happen, but do you guys have any name suggestions that you think the Redskins might, you know, might be a good alternative to the name Redskins? Yeah, I mean I'm going to be a little biased here, you know. Last time I played football, this is for everyone out there, was I was eight years old. It was my only season, and our team name was the Pitcairn Mohawks. I'm from playing in Pitcairn, Pennsylvania. But anyway, exact same color scheme that the Redskins have. It's that nice maroon and gold. I feel like it would be a perfect fit. I'm going to push for it. You could sort of do a play on the Mohawk Indians. I don't know if they're from the same region that uh, Washington's located in, but you could push for it. Don't think people would be uh, too startled by that. There wouldn't be much backlash. I feel like it would be a good tribute to the Native American community. I feel like if they would accept that name, it would be kind of a good uh, good logo there, good possibility that they could uh, do some cool things, at least with the uniform, logo design, all that. And I would get my, uh, I would get my favorite pick. I could uh, pull out my old eight-year-old football jersey and be like, hey, this is the same color scheme and the same name as a new pro football team. So I'm going to push for that, but uh Port, what do you uh Port, what do you think that the Red, that the Redskins could do right now? What do you think the new name could be in Washington? I honestly I read uh, online uh, a couple days ago that they were considering buying out the the former XFL DC Defenders team's name. And quite honestly, I I I I like it. DC Defenders they have the same colors, similar, uh, no, no uh, yellow, but it's red and white. Um, and personally, I, I wouldn't mind that if that was the team name. I like that. I mean, like it's pa- it's patriotic. Uh, like you said, they've already been, uh, they've already had the team name in town, and it goes, it fits the, uh, it fits the city because you already have the Washington Capitals there as well as the Washington Nationals. So. Uh, Mark, what do you think? Do you think it'd be a good fit to go with that patriotic sort of theme they have going on there in D.C.? I love it. I love it. Go with D.C. Defenders. That's a great name right there. My pick, and it might be a little too close. I mean, just because I was thinking about it, it was a few days ago I was thinking about it. I thought, you know, why not just change it to the Indians? But 
the, I mean, the Cleveland Indians now are facing backlash over their names. So, you know, it might just be, it, it may not be really changing it up that much. So, you know, I don't really know. I love the DC Defenders name. The problem is that, you know, they're probably going to have to do a logo rebrand. Their logo used to be an arrowhead. And I thought, hey, that's pretty sick. You put that on the helmet. That'll look cool. But the problem is that if you look at the Chiefs, the Chiefs logo is an arrowhead. So you don't want something too similar. You can't really have that. But, I mean, I love DC Defenders. I think that that's a great name. I never even thought of that. So that's a good suggestion. Maybe you should hit up Dan Snyder and suggest that because – I know, right? All right, Miller. You should. He he doesn't know very much about football, but no, he does I, not. I didn't just say that. <laughs> let's move on to the let's move on to the next topic: the Nathan hot dog eating contest that just happened over the weekend. Um, Joey Chestnut. I mean, he's won what like twelve? He's it's unbelievable. He set the world record at seventy five. Not gonna lie, guys, I took the under at seventy four and a half hot dogs, and he ate seventy five. So I was pretty upset at that. But I mean, what are you gonna do? That's really impressive. It also looks really gross. It looks so gross that they're dipping hot dogs and buns in water and eating soggy hot dogs and buns. That is just absolutely disgusting to me. Um, I totally agree with you. It is really impressive, I must say. I could probably only eat like maybe 10 in 10 minutes, one a minute. I think that's fair. But, I mean, that's kind of unbelievable. Little side note, my um, superintendent for high school was actually one of the female eaters, Miss Rovtar. She did an amazing job and I just I can't believe that she would even do that I give her so much credit but she did a great job on it and I'm we're all very proud of her here in Montville so next in the news is the SoFi stadium is almost complete the new home of the Chargers and the Rams and it looks absolutely unbelievable like it looks like state-of-the-art stadium Noah can you take us through some of the new features and the new video boards that are there in that stadium yeah so like you said new stadium absolutely Unreal high-tech technology there. Uh, reports coming before the 4th of July weekend said it's 97% complete. I don't know who did the math on that, but whatever uh, whatever mathematician that was uh, tasked with that was uh, down to the T. And they did say that it's going to be ready before August 14th uh, when they take on the Saints in the first preseason game, or at least that's what they're supposed to do. But like you said, the uh, the video board there is going to be absolutely absurd. They've nicknamed it the Oculus. It's this colossal, colossal Halo-type ring that they have going on that's a full video board. It's absolutely absurd. It spans 120 yards, weighs 2.2 million pounds, and covers almost 70,000 square feet of just full-on video. I mean, this thing is an absolute unit. It's going to display all of the highlights, every big play, every in-game scenario that you want to see in 4K. It's going to be absolutely absurd. It's going to be a great environment for those fans. I don't know if the Charters fans are actually going to know that they have a new stadium and if they're going to be able to pack the field. They couldn't even fit fit themselves uh, jam-packed into a soccer stadium. But we know the Rams fans are going to be pumped because uh, because we've at least seen them show out and come to the games. But what do you guys think about this? Do you guys think this will be the uh, the best stadium in the NFL? Do you think it'll beat the uh, the Raiders' new stadium, the Legion Stadium out there in Vegas? Oh, absolutely! I think this this stadium is gorgeous. It beats Jerry's World. It beats honestly any stadium, even the even the Falcons Falcons' new stadium from a few years back. No, it's a beautiful stadium though, and, and absolutely like you said before, like hopefully it's packed with the uh, with Ram, with Rams fans because you know Chargers are. Don't really have too many fans. 
and you know what? I think it's going to be beautiful. I think it's going to be state-of-the-art and, like, maybe the nicest stadium in the league. But like you said, Port, it's going to be better than Jerry's World. That's what everyone compares their stadium to. Everyone's like, oh, are we as good as the Cowboys stadium? You think about it, that stadium was built 11 years ago, and it still is one of the nicest stadiums in the league. Like, that's pretty absurd. They put a lot of money, a lot of technology into that stadium. It's really nice. I would love to visit the Rams stadium. The new one, that's going to be so nice. I really want to look at the Falcon stadium too. That one looks absurd with their video board that goes around the entire stadium. That looks so cool. But, you know, they're, the, the new stadiums are just getting more and more high tech. It's so cool. And, you know, in a few years, I, I think the, the, new, the newer stadiums are just going to be, keep getting cooler and cooler. I love it. But, getting bigger know, and bigger and more expensive. <laughs> that's true. Um, the big machine hand sanitizer 400. That's the name of an actual NASCAR race happened today. Um, Kevin Harvick was the one that won the race. He, he races for Ford. Denny Hamlin was in the front the entire time. Everyone thought Denny Hamlin was going to win. And then he didn't finish. He got into a wreck. He didn't finish. So that's unfortunate, but Kevin Harvick did a great job racing for Ford and, he was able to pull it out. And then the last thing that happened was the Rocket Mortgage, Rocket Mortgage Classic, which was in Detroit. Um, it's a golf tournament. That happened. Bryce DeChambeau was the one that was the favorite to win. He ended up winning. I think it was by two strokes he ended up winning. But it was very jam-packed over four days. And, uh, I mean, this guy's absolutely massive. He's like a new – he's like a Brooks Kepka, a new generation of golfers that are just absolutely yoked. And he can drive the ball like 325, 350. It's like, it's absurd. I mean, he he, he gets on the table in like two shots. He's, he's crazy. But I mean, it was a great match. Good good for the sport. A lot of the a lot of the big names didn't play because of coronavirus fears. But I mean, it was good to see the, the golf back and getting back into the sports world. It's just, it's just good to see that sports are coming back. You know, it, it's, it shows that with every sport that comes back, it, sh- it gives more hope and optimism to these team sports. I mean, I don't know if you guys heard, but UFC was supposed to have a fight in the coming weeks, and they actually had to change up the fighters because one of them had COVID, which was unfortunate. But, I mean, the new fighter, Masvidal, is going to be unbelievable. It's going to be a great fight. So, uh, you know, they're adapting, and they're kind of paving the way to sports after COVID. So it's going to be, it's going to be a great example there. But we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back in about one minute. And we're back to the second half of the show. If you guys missed the first half, we opened the show with uh, all of us saying our picks for landing spots that Antonio Brown could go to. He's kind of surfaced in the news a little bit. And then we went on to the in the news segment where we talked about the Washington Redskins name change, the Nathan Hot Dogs hot dog record. SoFi Stadium being changed, and then the big uh, NASCAR race and the Rocket Mortgage Golf Tournament that happened over the weekend. And now what we're going to do is we're going to move into the se- our, our next segment and our final segment, which should take a little bit of time, but it's going to be definitely going to be a big debate here. We're going to pick the MVPs of every AFC team. And before people disagree with all of us, there's a difference between the best player on the team and the MVP on the team. Like some of these teams might have a really good player, but he just doesn't play a position that's as important 
as another guy who may not be as good, but he's more valuable to the team. So that's kind of the uh, that's kind of the way that we decided these. But I mean, none of us know what each other picked. So we're going to get into a little bit of a heated debate here, and we're going to start off with the AFC West here. Let's start off with the Chiefs. Let's start with an easy one. This is a softball one. I mean, for me, most valuable player, Patrick Mahomes, I think, I kind of think that's a no-brainer. I mean, I don't know who else you would pick. He's the reigning Super Bowl champion. He's unbelievable, Patrick Mahomes. I think that he's the MVP for the Chiefs. Yeah, no question. Like you said, absolute softball there. If you can't hit that one out of the park, you're just 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 get off the field. I mean, look, Pat Mahomes arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. Again, I picked Russell Wilson, but that's beside the point. Pat Mahomes is absolutely the most valuable player to the Chiefs, no question. Yeah, I can't can't uh, disagree with you guys there. Absolutely, Pat Mahomes uh, MVP. Let's move on to the Chargers. This one might be a little tough. They don't really have a QB one now, so I don't think that a QB would be their MVP. But you know where I went? I went defensive end Joey Bosa. I think Joey Bosa, he's an absolute force to be reckoned with. And I think that he he really is a leader of that defense. Um, and I think that the defensive end position, if you have a great edge rusher on your team, it really just makes your whole defense super dynamic. So I'm going to go with Joey Bosa. Yeah, Mark, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you there as well. Uh, we talked about this during our defensive end ranking segment a couple of weeks ago. I didn't have him nearly as high as I should. I went back and looked at his numbers. Absolutely absurd. Uh, he's definitely a bright spot for him, and it's an extremely important position. I mean, being able to attack the quarterback like that, come off, come up off the edge and generate that much pressure. I mean, he was, he was one of the best to do it at the position last year, and I think he will be for years to come. So he's definitely that team's MVP. I mean, I can't disagree with you guys. Joey Bosa is no doubt one of the best defensive ends in on the team and uh, in the conference and in the league. But I think I'm going to go with uh, Derwin James, and I believe uh, I, I believe Mark might have talked about it also. But uh, he may be he may even even be a comeback player of the year this, this upcoming year. Well, uh, one of the best safeties in the league uh, prior prior to his injuries, he had a stress factor stress fact, fracture in his right foot. Um, and I, I personally, I hope he uh, comes back stronger than ever. So I, you know what I, and I like for you to point that out. I did in one of our gambling corners a few weeks ago, I did pick Derwin James as my comeback player of the year. I think he's absolutely fantastic when he's on the field, but poor, I mean, where I'm going to disagree with you here. Do you think that a safety is more pivotal to a team than a defensive end? You think that maybe having a better guy in the secondary guy in command might be better than you know, maybe an edge rusher. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Derwin James, I, I mean, everyone says the linebacker, the middle linebacker is the quarterback of the defense, but at the same time, safeties, safeties, uh, safeties are looking, looking, looking over uh, the entire field, and they're the ones tracking the quarterbacks and, and making sure to pick off them. So and I'm just looking at uh, Derwin James as, uh, as, a, as a rookie in 2018. He had 105 tackles, combined tackles. He had three picks. And last year, in five games, he had 34 tackles combined. So, I mean, clearly, he's, he's still one of the best. He's going to be one of the best. Uh, still is one of the best safeties in the league. And, and uh, yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I, I like that port. It. I like that pick port. And before we move on here, I just want to point out that I feel like the Charters might have one of the best secondaries and just best rosters in general because they, they added uh, Chris Harris in the offseason. They also have Casey Hayward, who's been a staple there. Getting Derwin James back from injury and talking about Bosa like we have already. I mean, like, 
that is an absolutely star-studded roster, and that's only on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Mark, what do you think? And they had the top rosters too. They have Melvin Ingram on the defense that's right. too. Absolutely, yeah. Their their defense is what's going to carry the team, and they they could be a surprising team. The only thing is that their offense is a little bit shaky. You know, they do have Keenan Allen, best route runner in the league right now, because AB's not in the league, but. I mean, Eckler is going to be their starting running back. He had a great season last year. I think that he can still have a very productive season, but I think that quarterback question is what really is what really kind of makes me nervous about saying, you know, they might be on the brink of a playoff team. I don't even know if they're a winning record team right now, but that defense is definitely stacked. On paper, that defense is stacked. So, you know, I think that their personnel, like you said, they have one of the best rosters in the league. But let's move on to another team, the Denver Broncos. My MVP of that team, I think I have to go Von Miller, the MVP of Super Bowl 50. I mean, without him, he's like that drill sergeant on that defense. They kind of, they lost Chris Harris, but they did get A.J. Boye to back up back there. I mean, Drew Locke's good on the offense, and they got a bunch of new weapons, but they're all young. And I think that Von Miller, that seasoned veteran, I think he's really the captain on that team. So I'm going to go Von Miller. Yeah, Mark, again, I love to disagree with you, but I can't disagree here like you said Vaughn Miller is absolutely that captain of the defense uh he had what some people might have called a down year last year because he didn't post double digit sacks for the first time in like five seasons but I wouldn't call that a down year at all uh I mean he's the captain of the team like you said he's just an absolute anchor there you could have given it to guys like Justin Simmons at the safety position or Alexander Johnson who almost or had a very productive season last year at the linebacker spot but Got to give it to Vaughn Miller here. He's the captain. Uh, he's the leader of that team on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Got to go with him. Yeah, same here. I, I, I agree with you both. You guys, Vaughn Miller, is, he's the, he's the cap, captain of that team, MVP of, uh, of the Super Bowl. And, he, you know, he's the leader. So couldn't, uh, couldn't agree with you guys more. Let's move on to the Raiders, last team in that AFC West. You know what? I I'm not one to value running backs that much, but it, it just kind of goes to show that the rest of the Raiders team really disappoints me. I'm going to go Josh Jacobs here running back. I think he's too good to not be the MVP of that team. And, you know, I, I just look around that entire roster and I'm like, not impressed. Their weapons are not that good. Their defense is extremely average. The best player is Corey Littleton, who they just got from the Rams. And, I mean, the best player on offense, besides Josh Jacobs, am I going to go Derek Carr? Maybe, but I I don't think he's anything special. I think the best threat they have uh, receiving-wise is Darren Waller, and he's a tight end. But, you know, I think I definitely think that Josh Jacobs is the MVP on that team. Yeah, I would agree with you there. Like you said, he's definitely the best weapon on offense they have. And like you said, best pass catcher is going to be at the tight end position with Darren Waller. He had a very surprising season, very star or very, uh, very great season there as well. But like you said, besides Josh Jacobs and Waller, this offense doesn't really impress anyone. And that offensive line isn't that, that fantastic either. And Josh Jacobs still put up unreal numbers there. I mean, I feel like he's going to be the staple in that backfield for years to come. Uh, they better sign him because I don't know if they have anything else really going for them on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Hunter Renfro, but is he going to be the guy that's going to be able to break things open and go into the open field? Absolutely not. So I think Josh Jacobs is the most pivotal player uh, for their success going going forward here. 
Yeah, I had a tough time uh, deciding who the MVP of this of this team would be. Like you said, that you know, Raiders not very stacked whatsoever on on either side of the ball. Um, I was close to picking Derek Carr just because he's a quarterback, but I looked at Josh Jacobs and he's he looks like he's going to be a you know a staple for that for that team for that team for that for that franchise in the next few years. He had a great he had a great rookie year, and I hope he continues to do that. So um, yeah, Josh Jacobs for MVP for the Raiders. Cool. So that's the AFC West. Not much disagreement there. The only disagreement we had was Port said Derwin James for the Chargers, which it's a respectable pick. I mean, he Derwin James, a great player. He's my comeback player of the year pick. So, you know, AFC West out of the way. Let's go AFC North. Noah, you know, I'm going to let you start here. I'm going to let you take the whole AFC North. You're going to introduce it. You're going to be the lead off here. So, you know what? Take it away. Wow. I appreciate you finally letting me lead something. It always seems like you're leading off here. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to show you up here, show the viewers that I could, uh, hold the reins here, take over. So, but let's start off with the easy softball thing. Uh, Baltimore Ravens for me, it's Lamar Jackson. No question. MVP of the league. Uh, he made vast improvements from the, uh, short season that he had in his rookie year. Uh, I mean, he plays two positions running back QB, like, just absolutely one of the most dynamic weapons, if not the most dynamic weapon in the NFL. Uh, it's a no-brainer for me, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, no question. No question it's Lamar Jackson. Obviously, reigning league MVP. He's a beast. Uh, running back, quarterback, whatever he is you want. He can be a receiver. I don't care. He's a beast. So, yeah, give me some. Give me a Lamar Jackson. I mean, I don't. you guys said everything. It's Lamar. There's no competition. Let's move on. All right, yeah. It's good when Mark doesn't talk as much. You agree, Port? All right, right, absolutely. All right, we'll move on to the uh, Cleveland Browns here. Uh, I had a really tough time here with this one. Uh, I wanted to pick Miles Garrett, but you know what? I'm going to go with my guy, Baker Mayfield. I feel like Baker Mayfield is the most pivotal part to the Cleveland Browns' success. In his rookie year, they were roughly a 500 team with him back there. He had a pretty decent season, roughly 63% completion, very solid rookie showing. But he had a down year last year when they went 6-10. and 10. Look, this team, if Baker Mayfield plays at a relatively decent level, I think they're making it to the playoffs. We've said it on, on prior shows, and I'll say it again. If Baker Mayfield doesn't show up this year, they need to move on. This is Baker has no excuses. There are so many weapons on that team on the offensive side of the ball. And even though I like Miles Garrett, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield here and say he is the most valuable player to them. And he is going to be the reason, or he'll, he will determine if they will succeed or not. I could, uh, that, this was honestly, this is one of the toughest picks for me and fix uh, picks for the, like MVP for a team. Uh, Cause you know, the Browns are just so like so much talent on both sides, you know, Baker, OB, OBJ, but uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Nick Chubb as my uh, MVP. Uh, I mean, uh, while the Browns is stacked by weapons, you know, offensive defense, like he's a staple. On, he's a staple for that offense. He had over 1,400 yards rushing and eight touchdowns, and he's going to his third season. And he t- and he tore his ACL in college. So it's it's this guy. This guy Nick Chubb's a beast. Oh, and by the way, they also have Kareem Hunt as a backup, who's who, who could start on another team. So. Yeah, I believe uh, I believe Nick Chubb will have another great year. You know what? I'm going to disagree with both of you, okay? First off, Port, I love Nick Chubb. 
He, when we were doing running back rankings, he was my fifth best running back in the league. I think he's unbelievable. But like you said, they have Kareem Hunt there. And I think that if, if Nick Chubb wasn't there, I think they'd be just as good. That's the thing. I don't think that he's that valuable to the team. And Noah, I, I almost fell over in my chair, dude. Baker Mayfield, <laughs> the most valuable player on that team, dude. Come on. If you could, I guarantee you could throw Nathan Peterman behind that line and he could still do just as well as Baker Mayfield. Did. Get out of here. I, I wouldn't I'm, go that far. I am going with Miles Garrett, the clear cut. I mean, it's kind of an easy answer, but like, come on. The, when the Browns didn't have him last year after he got suspended, they went two and four without him. Like, they did terrible without him. The defense totally suffers. He's the best player. He might be the best player on that entire team. I think he's, I think he's in terms of dominance, I think he's way better than any of the wide receiver and offensive th- weapons that they have. I mean, I think Odell and Jarvis and Austin Hooper are all good, but I don't think any of them are as good as Miles Garrett is at the defensive end position. And I just think that without Miles Garrett, I think the team suffers the most. Dude, Baker, I liked Baker coming out of college, but I mean, he like you said, he literally has everything in front of him. If he doesn't do well this year, he's it's time to move on. How do you not do well with with Odell, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, Kareem Hunt, and Nick Chubb? How do you not do well with that? I don't know, but I mean, I feel like Baker will find a way. So, so I mean, my pick, my pick here, it's going to be Miles Garrett. I got to disagree with both of you. Yeah, I like. Like you said, if Baker doesn't get it done, I mean, there's there's something wrong there. But uh, we'll move on. We'll all agree to disagree with the Cleveland Browns. But uh, we'll move on to the Cincinnati Bengals here. Uh, I would be hard-pressed not to say my guy coming in from the draft, Joe Burrow, just because the Cincinnati Bengals did not have one single bright spot last year besides Carlos Dunlap. But uh, I will go with Carlos Dunlap. I'm not going to give it to a guy who hasn't played a single NFL snap. Uh, Dunlap has been a solid force on that Cincinnati Bengals defense. Uh, they've made it to the playoffs, haven't been able to win a playoff game, but he's been a force there. He's the captain of their defense. It's similar to the Von Miller situation. So I'm going to go with Carlos Dunlap. Yeah. Um, again, this is like another tough pick for me because, you know, Bengals were worst team in the league last year or one of the worst teams in the league last year. But, and, uh, I wasn't going to pick Burrow either. You know, I don't, I don't trust rookies, so. But uh, for my MVP for this year, I'm gonna go with Tyler Boyd. He's uh, he's going into his fifth season, coming back, coming back, uh, coming off back-to-back seasons of over a thousand yards with, you know, not great quarterbacks. Um, he had 90 receptions and five touchdowns last year. He's only 25 years old and he's six two. So I mean, he's a great weapon for Joe Burrow. I think help uh, age with AJ Green coming back as well. It would uh, take um, you know defense won't focus so much on Tyler Boyd and uh, yeah. You know what? I'm going to disagree with both of you again. I mean, I I love I love this dynamic here. I almost picked Carlos Dunlap. I think he might be the best player on the team, but in terms of most valuable, I think that you ha- I I got to go AJ Green. I think that that offense without AJ Green, especially last year, it was horrific. No one wanted to even watch the Bengals. Like they're unwatchable without AJ Green. I think that when he's on the field, he's a total. He, you know, he brings a whole nother dynamic. He brings a double team. You have to. I think that he's just too good to not say he's the most valuable on that team. But you know, I, I could easily see it being Carlos Dunlap. 
he is the best player on that team, especially on the defense. And, I mean, the only thing that kind of uh, took me away from that was that the Bengals had one of the worst defenses in the league last year. And, I mean, I they also had one of the worst offenses, but I think that that's also contributing to A.J. Green not being there. Plus, if you look at uh, Andy Dalton's stats without A.J. Green, I think he's like – He's like before last, he was like five, seven, and one without AJ Green. Like, he's just not as good when AJ Green's not on the field. And I think that he totally will make Joe Burrow better uh, as he develops. And I think that AJ Green is one of the most valuable players on that team. I like that pick, Mark, even though that uh, he is a wide receiver and we haven't necessarily preached highly in term or for skill position players in terms of how valuable they are, but he definitely is one of the best receivers in the league when he's on the field selected a multiple pro bowls the only season that he didn't have a pro bowl selection was in 2018 so from 2011 to 2017 he had made the pro bowl every single time and then he missed 2019 all of it to injury so good pick there uh i'm just gonna go with the defensive side of the ball so we could disagree but uh moving on to the last team in the afc north pittsburgh steelers Mark and I's hometown favorite team. This was a tough one. I was going with defense again, and it came down to Cam Hayward and TJ Watt, but I got to go with the young gun here. I mean, TJ Watt ranked first edge uh, player for the uh, for the entire league last year. He had an absolute beast of a season. You could have argued that he could have been the uh, defensive player of the year. Uh, I mean, just absolutely unreal. He's going to be a force and staple for the Steelers uh, linebacking core for years to come. Cam Hayward is still the captain, in my opinion, just because of the veteran experience, but I'm going to go with TJ Watt. This is another tough one for me. I know uh, I know you steal the boys, so I'm going to go with uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, and I'm going to tell you why. Minka's put. I've read this before. I've read this earlier today. Minka has played in just six games in a Steelers uniform. In those six games, he has six. He has four interceptions, six pass defenses, and a forced fumble. Another crazy stat that I read was Fitzpatrick has played has been responsible for at least one turnover in nearly every game he's played that in his in his NFL career. That's unbelievable. That's 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 unbelievable. That in almost every single game. He's caught. He's he's caused at least one turnover, or he's been involved in a turnover. That's unbelievable. And I know you have. I know Steelers defense is stacked with T.J. Watt and and Bush. That's Mark's guy right there. But um, and I know safety is not a high priority in in the league. But but when a guy is forced is is responsible for forcing you know, for forcing turnovers and getting your offense back on on the field, I mean, how can you not be one of the more, one of the most valuable players on the team? You know what? I like that too. I mean, I didn't even know that stat, but you know, I feel like poor, I feel like you value the safety position a lot. And I could see that with the Minka and the Derwin James picks here, you know, picking, picking the Steelers was definitely hard. They have so many playmakers. You like, you, like you said, Minka, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward. I mean, Devin Bush is my guy. He, he's a great player up and coming. And, you know, I was I almost picked Big Ben because if you look at it last season, you think, you know, if Big Ben was healthy, would the Steelers have made the playoffs? I think, yeah. I mean, they went 8-8 eight and eight without him, and I think with him they would have been way better. But, you know, like I said, they went 8-8 eight and eight without him, and the whole reason of that was the defense. So, you know, I'm going to have to agree with Noah here. I'm going to go TJ Watt. He's just an unbelievable player. He almost won Defensive Player of the Year last year. Stephon Gilmore edged him out a little bit. But I think TJ Watt is just a force to be reckoned with. Um, but – you can't go wrong with Minka. 
I respect that pick 100%. But like I said, I love edge rushers. I love TJ Watt, and it just came down to position for me. Honestly, TJ Watt may even win Defensive Player of the Year this year. I, he could. He absolutely. Well could. Absolutely. Um, on that defense, I I did I think I think they're going to be one of the best. Uh, this might be a little biased. I think they're going to be one of the best, if not the best, defenses next year. Um, just because they had, they have so much talent on that defense, so I I think that you know I can't go wrong. T.J. Watt here. I agree with everything you said there, Mark, and thank you for letting me lead the AFC North there. So I'm going to defer to Ryan here. Uh, Ryan, pick a division here. You want to go with the AFC South or AFC East? Which one do you want to lead us through? Let's go though. Let's go, let's start with the AFC East. With we'll your Jets. With my Jets. We'll start with the Jets. I'm going to go my MVP with the Jets. And this, uh, this might be a little a little crazy, but I'm going to go with uh, Le'Veon Bell. And I know he has career low last year, um, career low in 3.2 yards in, per carry, and he only averaged 52 yards per game. But but with the addition, with the addition of um, of these new linemen, what, um, Connor McGovern, George Font, and Greg Van, Greg Van Rotten, and also uh, Makai Becton, you know, that offensive line is now stacked and now protecting not only, not only Darnold, but now Bell and giving him now lanes to, or giving him at least more uh, time to, to for the plays to develop. And I know Bell, you know, you guys know, you guys, you, you seal the boys. You know, he's he's a shifty player. He likes to take his time and he, and he, he works with, you know, not great offensive linemen. So I, I believe this is going to be a bounce back year for uh, Le'Veon. Um, and overall, the Je- and overall Sam Darnold also, and I know we're we're, we're only supposed to pick you know two um, one MVP, but also I, I think Sam Darnold this could be this has to be the, his year where he has to where he has to break out and you know take control of that offense and figure it out like there's no excuse. That's, that's at the end of the day, there's no excuse for for Darnold. Mark, you wanna you wanna jump in and cut up on this guy, or do you want me to go ahead first? Uh, you know what? I'll I'll go first. I'll go first here. Um, so I'm going to definitely disagree with you here. I, you know, and this is not biased. I don't, I'm a fair guy. I'm a fair man. It's not biased because he left the Steelers. I do not think it's Le'Veon Bell. I, I, last season, he wasn't even a top 10 running back in the league. Um, that's besides the point. I'm oh, going to go Sam yeah. Darnold. You know, I, I think without Sam Darnold, the Jets are, the Jets are incompetent to start. Without Sam Darnold, the Jets are below incompetent. And I mean that in the nicest way. I did oh the yeah, Jets, I'm sure you do. Did the Jets even <laughs> win a game last year when they didn't have Sam Darnold when he was out with Mono? Did they win a game? No, I have no clue. I don't. Th- I don't. I don't think so. I don't think they did. And I think that you know, I definitely. I was. I was wishing you would say Jamal. Um, I know. I don't know if you picked Jamal here, but I. I just don't. I think that Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is the Jets right now, and if the Jets did not draft him. If the Jets didn't draft a QB and, you know, I don't even know who would be behind center now for them. But, I mean, I think Sam... I, I, I honestly don't know either. Does, I, mean, I, think, I think he's the guy. He's the reason why the absolutely. Jets won all their, their games last season, why they were actually a decent team towards the end of the year. I think it's all Sam Darnold. I think he's the most valuable on that team. I think Darnold also played very well against against decent teams when he was out there. He, he, beat, he, beat, he beat the Cowboys. He beat he the Raiders. Yeah, she destroyed the Raiders and even and even the Steelers too and I know that was later in this in the season and of course you guys had um, your situation on offense with with Hodges and stuff like that not lack of offense but at the same time I mean it, it, 
a win's a win. So it's true. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to Sam this year for sure. See what he's got. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna forget what I wanted to do, Port. I'm gonna have to roast you here because you went with Derwin James, who didn't even play last year at safety when you picked him, and then Minka on the Steelers, which he's a good player, but there are arguably better players on that team. You have the best safety in the NFL on your team, and you're not going to pick him even yeah. though you picked the other safeties. You go with a running back of all players. And not, not only that, you, bro- you broke the rules and picked two players. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, Mark, I'm going to agree with you here, and uh, even though Port's second pick doesn't count, I, uh, I do think Sam Darnold's going to be the most valuable player because even though Jamal Adams is arguably one of the top players in the NFL, definitely a top 10. He doesn't want to be there. So how can you call him the most valuable player on the team exactly. if he doesn't want to be in the city? So exactly. Sam Darnold, like you said, when he's been in there, he's played very well, especially under pressure. He's beat the good teams like the Cowboys and the Steelers. Uh, and look, he hasn't had much to work there or work with back there. Besides Le'Veon Bell coming into the backfield last season, he hasn't had much other than Robbie Anderson to throw the ball to. I mean, that's not necessarily who you want as your wide receiver one. So Give the guy time. Give him time to work with Adam Gase. I don't think he should be shipped out of town just yet. Uh, I do think he's the most valuable player on that team. I just want to point one thing out. Um, so Sam Darnold was out three games last year with Mono. He's kissing too many girls, quarterback of the New York Jets. Um, but, I mean, if you want to look at this stat right here, over that three-game span without Sam Darnold, the Jets scored a total in three games of 23 points. They lost 23 to 3, 30 to 14, 31 to 6. That was their record. Those the, that was the score of each game during the three games that Sam wasn't there. I think you have to give it to Sam. I, I mean, that's what happens when you have Luke Falk playing with us, you know what I mean? It's just <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's true, yeah. Um it's, but it's you know what really what team do you want to do next? Sorry. Well, uh, let's start. Let's go. Let's go to rivals, or if you want to call it rivals, uh, Patriots. Um, I guess for my uh, for my MVP, I'm gonna go with uh, Stephon Gilmore. You know, the reigning defensive player of the year. Um, yeah, that's honestly all I gotta say. He's you know they don't have they they lost Tom Brady. You know I don't think I don't think Edelman's the guy. You could argue for Cam Newton now, but the guy hasn't played in 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 a while. You know, he's on the new team. We don't know. We don't even know if he's a starter. So um, I'm going to go with Stephon Gilmore. I have to agree with you here. I think it's Stephon. If Tom Brady was there, it would have been an even easier answer. But, I mean, I think it's Gilmore. Can't really pick anyone else on the offense. And, I mean, the defense, he's the best player. So Gilmore. Yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and agree with you as well. Uh, last two seasons, first team All-Pro, Defensive Player of the Year last year. If I could have a loophole and pick Belichick, I would just because I think he's the mastermind behind it all. But obviously, got to go with the players here. So Stephon Gilmore is the easy answer for me, no question. Nice. Looks like we're all in agreement. I guess we'll uh, we'll shift our attention to uh, the Bills. This was a uh, this was a little tough for me because honestly, I, I wanted to pick Josh Allen because I believe he's I believe he's. He's the second best quarterback uh, that was drafted from that class out of Lamar, you know, Rosen and Sitton and Darnold. But uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Travavius Tra- Tra- White. Um, he was named. He was actually named the team MVP last season, and and only his third season, he's been recognized as one of the best defensive backs in the league. 
Uh, he had six interceptions last year, tying Stephon Gilmore, who we who we just said was uh, the current defensive player of the year. And he also had uh, he also had six more tackles than, than Gilmore last year. So honestly, it's a little uh, I'm a little confused as to why he wasn't even uh, in in uh, contention for defensive player of the year. You know what? I, I really like that pick. I like Tre'Davious White. Um, he's a great player. He was one of my top cornerbacks when we did the cornerback rankings. I was also thinking about Tremaine Edmonds here. Um, he's a young guy, but he's also one of the leaders of that defense in the middle linebacker position. But I mean, I have to go Josh Allen. I think without Josh Allen, without his mobility and without his arm, I don't think that the Jets are. I mean, I excuse me. I don't think that the Bills are going to be that good without him the problem is that his decision making really is not that good what really brings me back is in the texans playoff game there was like a minute left and they're driving down the field and the guy's about to get tackled in bounds and what he thought was a good idea was to lateral the ball to one of his tight ends who wasn't even paying attention and the texans almost picked up that as a fumble and i'm like that decision making is just what is that but i mean he may not be the best player on the team. I think Tredavious White might be the overall best player on the team, but I think that in terms of most valuable, I feel like I got to give it to Josh Allen. Yeah, Mark, I'm going to agree with you here. And Port, I like your pick as well with Tredavious White. I do think he is the best player on the team, but the most vital to their success, it has to be Josh Allen. I mean, I do think he is elevated by Sean McDermott's coaching there and the fact that he is a decent supporting cast on defense and on offense as well. But if you look at his stats, I mean, they don't jump off the paper as, oh my God, this guy's the best quarterback in the league. I mean, he hasn't had a season where he's completed over 60% of his passes. I mean, he's completed 59% last year. That's If you want to look at it on paper and compare him to other guys, that's pretty abysmal. But what's what's surprising about him is the fact that what he can do on the ground. I mean, he's had two 500 plus yard rushing seasons the first two years in the league that he's played. I mean, the guy could actually scramble outside of the pocket. He runs the ball well. You can't not call him a rushing quarterback. I mean, he puts up great numbers. So, And we know what his arm talent is. I mean, he could absolutely just launch it down the field, one of the best arm talents in the league. So if Sean McDermott can keep coaching him, if he can continue to improve at a good pace, which he did last year, he did improve, I feel like the Bills will be a playoff team for years to come here. I mean, the success of this team runs through how well Josh Allen plays. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. With, I agree with everything you said, Noah. Um, but uh, switching our attention now, going to the fourth and final team in the AFC East is the Dolphins. And again, not, one not a great team. So very uh, it, was, it was a little tough for me to figure out um, who this MVP was. But I'm going to go with Devontae Parker, another wide receiver. Um Another another crazy stat: Devontae Parker led all AFC wide receivers last year in receiving yards and touchdowns last year with seventy two re- uh, receptions for t- over twelve hundred yards and nine touchdowns on one hundred twenty eight targets. Guy, I mean, early in his career, for the first four uh, four first four seasons in his career, he's considered a bust, and now finally, in his, this is uh, this past his fifth season, finally emerged as as the first round talent that he was drafted for. So I'm going to go with uh, Devontae Parker for his upcoming season. This was probably the toughest team to pick just because I looked at the roster up and down and I was like, wow, there's there's mediocrity across the entire board here. But I, I do like uh, I do like Devontae Parker. I think he's a great wide receiver. But you know what? And I don't even know if he's going to play the whole season, but I think he should and they should let Tua sit. 
I'm going to go with Fitzmagic here, baby. I'm going Ryan Fitzpatrick is my MVP of the Dolphins. Now, now hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> the, the guy had an 85% passer rating. Like, that's, that's not that bad. He had a 62% completion percentage. He still threw for 3,500 yards. He threw for 20 touchdowns. I mean, if, if you look at... If you look at him, everyone calls him Fitzmagic because he comes up in big games. And you know what? I did not give the Miami Dolphins credit last week. Last week we were talking about the Patriots, and I said, you know, the Patriots lost to basically – they only lost to playoff teams. The only playoff teams they really beat was the Bills, and they beat the Eagles. But, I mean, all the other games – all the other four games they lost were against playoff teams, and one of them was against Miami, and I said that was a throwaway game. I went back and you know what? I owe them an apology because that was week 17, but that week 17 game, the Patriots played all of their starters. The Dolphins played all of their starters and the Patriots were actually fighting to get the number two seed in the, in the AFC for the playoffs. And you know what? Fitzmagic came around and beat the Patriots in Foxborough. I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick it was the most valuable player on that team because if they put anybody else back there, I do not even think that they win two games last season. And I, I it was impressive that the teams that they did beat, I believe that they beat, you know, they were able to beat the, the Eagles in a thrilling game. They beat the they beat the Redskins that year. They also, like I said, they beat the Patriots. I think that Fitzmagic was the whole reason why they even won games last season. Yeah, Port. I like your Devontae Parker pick, uh, mainly because he finally showed up. I think I drafted him every year in fantasy, hoping he would turn into some stud sleeper wide receiver, and he just never panned out. But he finally put together a very solid year there. And uh, and Mark, I'm going to agree with you here. Uh, go with uh, Fitzmagic. I was looking at other guys, uh, and the players that jumped out to me were Byron Jones and Kyle Vannoy that are on the roster. They didn't even play there last year, so you can't pick them. I'm going to have to go with Fitzmat. Dude, like you said, Fitzpatrick, if he wasn't on their team and if he didn't bring the veteran leadership and just the poise that he has from being an NFL journeyman, they probably wouldn't have won a game. I mean, and then credit to Brian Flores as well. I mean, he took hot garbage and made somewhat of a sculpture out of it. Like, they, they just came together as a team. I think they all bonded around Fitzpatrick, or they all rallied around him because he's that guy. He's that old veteran leader. And uh, the reason why I would pick him as the MVP, too, is because he's going to be able to pass all of that leadership on to Tua. Like you said, if they were a smart organization, they wouldn't throw Tua into the dumpster fire of a roster that they have right now. They know they're not in a position to win. So let Fitzpatrick play one more year and let him give all that he has to Tua in terms of uh, in terms of knowledge and leadership and uh, prepare for the next season. So I would go with Fitzpatrick as the team MVP. Absolutely. I agree. I like that. I, I, I see where you guys are coming from. I do like the Deont- Devontae Parker pick, though. I did not know the stats about him. And, you know, I kind of looked at Fitzpatrick, and I was like, you know what? Like, I really don't like anybody else on this team. Like Noah said, Byron Jones, Van Noy. Van Noy might be the most talented player on that team and the best player on that team now. But, like, I, I mean, they haven't played for the Dolphins yet. But Devontae Parker is definitely the best weapon and the best threat that they have. I just had to go with Fitzpatrick because I feel like without his leadership, they wouldn't have won a game last year. They call him Fitz, Ma- Fitz, uh, Fitz Magic for a reason. Exactly. Let's move on to the last division here. This has been unbelievable, by the way. I, I'm really enjoying this. We're going to do the NFC next week for sure. This is this is great. But let's move on to the AFC, the AFC South here. Okay, And let's start off with the 
you know, let's start off with the easy one. Let's go Houston Texans. For me, I think it's Deshaun Watson. I really I can't look at that roster and say anybody else. I think without Deshaun running for his life back there behind a uh, non-existent offensive line, I think that, you know, the Texans would be nothing. So I think Deshaun Watson has to be the MVP. Absolutely. Going to agree with you there. Like I've said, I've preached for it. He's pretty much – he's the slightly uh, slightly less talented Russell Wilson, but that's no stab at him. He's still a fantastic quarterback. Uh, he passed for three touchdowns in a playoff game and lost. He's, I think, the first quarterback to ever do that and have as high of a passer rating as he did. I mean, that just shows how good Deshaun Watson is and how vital he is to that team's success. It's It's no question for me. He's like Lamar – and Pat Mahomes in this category. He's absolutely the MVP for this team. Yeah, absolutely. Deshaun Watson is uh, – he, he honestly reminds me – he's like the Russell Wilson. Like, without – you take Deshaun Watson away from that from that team, they're, they're nothing. So, uh, absolutely, Deshaun Watson. Let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars here. This one was a little tough because you look around and it looks empty. The whole defense is gone. Clay Campbell has gone. A.J. Boye is gone. Jalen Ramsey has gone. You know, the last guy left, Unique Ngakwe. That's the last guy left there. So, you know what? But I'm actually going to go – I'm going to go with Minshew here. I mean, if you look at last season when they didn't have Minshew and they played Foles, they did not do very well. They benched Foles for Minshew. And I think Minshew magic, it's it's like Fitz magic. I think that, you know, they both have amazing facial hair, and it's something I – it must be something with the hair that just makes them play better. I love – Gardner Minshew, and I think he's the bright spot on that team. I was going to go with Leonard Fournette here. I'm a big Fournette fan, but I think Minshew is just more important to that team. Mark, I'm going to agree with you here, absolutely. I think he's the brightest spot they have going forward here. I mean, in his rookie season, he completed roughly 61% of his passes, 21 TDs and 6 interceptions. That's pretty efficient football right there, considering the garbage weapons he had to work with besides Leonard Fournette. I mean, and we've talked about how vital Josh Allen is to the Bills, and we all picked him as the MVP, but Minshew had better passing stats than he did last year. So I feel like that speaks to the ceiling that Minshew has. I feel like he's room to grow here. If they could just give him some good pieces, I feel like he'll be able to do a lot better. So I'm going to go with Minshew here. I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, give me some Minshew mania, honestly. He, he's I, I love his swagger. I think, he's, I think he... He commands that offense. When when I saw him play last year, he definitely commanded that offense. And um, yeah, he, he's. I think he's gonna just get better uh, this year. And um, as time goes. Before we move on, I'm I'm looking at his stats right here on Pro Football Reference, and they have nicknames for players. His one nickname's the Mustache, but the other one's the Jockstrap King. So I feel like we need to <laughs> hop on that bandwagon and instead of the mu- mustache. We just need to call Minshew the Jockstrap King from here on out. That might be the best it. nickname I've ever heard. Absolutely. We're going to tweet that out. We need to get that hashtag. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag Josh, Jockstrap King. All right. We're tweeting that out right after the show. Um, so, okay, I love that. Gardner Minshew. Let's move on to the last two teams here. Let's, you know what? Let's go with the Colts, Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to go, honestly, I'm going to go Quentin Nelson. I think he is the best player on the team, and I think he's the most valuable. I think he's one of the best offensive linemen in football, and I think without him, I think it'd be a little bit of Swiss cheese back there. And I think that that really gave Brissett time 
to go through his progressions and really look downfield. And, you know, he's looking at receivers that weren't really that good because he was looking at Ebron and Doyle, but he doesn't really have T.Y. Houghton out there. T.Y. Houghton is so injury prone. So, you know what? I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Quentin Nelson here, the big bodyguard. I like him. Look, you keep picking the players that I want to talk about, so I'm getting a little frustrated here, but uh, I'm going to go with Quentin Nelson as well. That's the whole reason why Andrew Luck had so many injury problems, and the reason probably why he retired is because they couldn't give him an offensive line to protect him. They finally give him a guard, and Luck just steps out of town. It's a little question questioning to me, but uh, yeah, like you said, Quentin Nelson, one of the best guards in the game right now. He's going to provide a lot of protection for that run game back there. They just drafted Jonathan Taylor. They already have Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines, so it's going to be a great rushing backfield. And they'll give Phillip Rivers plenty of time to work his veteran magic back there, make some good throws. He's going to be the anchor for that offensive line for probably the next decade, so going to go with Quentin Nelson. Yeah, I got to agree with you guys there as well, but um, with, with uh, Quentin Le- Quinn uh, Nelson, but I gotta say Darius Leonard also. He, he's a stud, stud, beat, stud linebacker. You know, former uh, defensive rookie of the year. Uh, he had seventy-one solo tackles last year, one hundred and twenty-one total. So he's 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 going to be uh, you know the quarterback of that defense for for many years to come. Hopefully for the Colts. Darius Leonard is one of the best linebackers in the league. He was my second best linebacker behind Bobby Wagner. I think he's unbelievable. Um, and I love that pick for I really do. But you know what? Let's move on to the last team. I don't want to go first here. I don't want to go first. But go first a lot. I want somebody else to go first here. But you know what? Tennessee Titans. I'm gonna pick you, Ryan. You I'll lead us first. off here. Who do you have for the Tennessee Titans? Give me some. Uh, give me a standing at six three, weighing at two hundred thirty eight pounds. Give me some Derrick Henry. God damn, he's a beast, dude. Biggest. I think he's. I think he's the biggest uh, running back in the league. You saw it last last year in, in his. Uh, his last four games, he was just so dominant against the uh, against the uh, Patriots and Ravens, and even uh, against the Chiefs in the last game in the uh, AFC Championship game. He's you know without a doubt he's he, I think he's one of the best. He's a top. I personally think he's a top three running back in the league behind CMC and Saquon. And yes, I'm playing him over Zeke. So I think I mean if you put if you put uh, Derrick Henry behind that line and at in Dallas, I think he'd do way better than Zeke, personally. But yeah, Derrick Henry is going to be the uh, MVP for the for the team. Sorry, <laughs> not overall. Um, you know what? No, Noah, you go ahead. Go ahead here. Look, I love Derrick Henry just as much as the next guy. Like you said, just an absolute tank back. There. He actually is the definition of a tank. I've been seeing some of the uh, footage of him working out in the offseason, just throw, just hurling like 20-pound medicine balls up a hill, just sprinting up it at like a 4-4-4-5 four, 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 pace. So just a beast. But I'm going to go with my boy who I've preached has been underrated for a number of years, Ryan Tannehill. I've, he resurrected their season. They were 2-4 and four with Mariota before he got there. He turned it around, uh, just absolutely had one of the most efficient seasons we've seen come from a quarterback, especially given the circumstances of just stepping in. Completed 70% of his passes. Uh, he's not going to make just absolutely unreal throws like a Jameis Winston or a Josh Allen in terms of the arm talent. He's just going to play efficient football, they're going to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry. But look, he saved their season last year, and that's why he selected the Pro Bowl. That's why they made the playoffs. I mean, the AFC Championship game. How could you not call Ryan Tannehill the MVP of the team? 
Um, you know what? I'm going to disagree with both of you. And first off, no on Ryan Tannehill for me. I'm not a Ryan Tannehill fan. I think he's a good game manager, but I don't think he's, I don't think his talent brings him over the top. Like you said, he did come in for Mariota and take over, but he's just not my MVP here. Sorry, Noah. Um, Derrick Henry is one of my favorite running backs in the league. When we did our running back rankings, I wanted to rank him higher than Saquon. I think he's unbelievable. Like, like one of the most impressive stats was he's the one running back in the league that teams literally stack the box for the most, and he still has the most rushing yards, and he, he's an unbelievable player. But you know what? The reason why Derrick Henry does so well is because of one offensive lineman named Taylor Lewan. That's going to be my MVP for the Tennessee Titans. He averages running over the left tackle, which is where Taylor Lewan plays. He averages 9.3 yards per carry. That is unbelievable running over the left tackle. And I think that it is, it's due to not being able to take down Derrick Henry, but it's also due to the blocking that Taylor Lewan provides you. And I think that it's just, he is just one of the best offensive linemen and one of the best tackles in football. Um, and it's the second most place that the Titans run the balls over the left tackle, obviously next to the center. Most of the teams I assume run over the center, but I mean, left tackle, when you have a good left tackle, someone to watch your blind side for Tannehill and someone to block for your lead back, Derek Henry. I mean, I just think Taylor one has to be the MVP there. There's no doubt that he's the heart and soul of that of that offense and that team, uh, Luan. He always brings the fire, and he, I I mean I love I, I'm sure you've seen those videos where he got in Sherman's face or other other defensive uh, backs faces. He doesn't you know he doesn't take any crap. He does not care. But you know what, fellas, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been anticipated. One of my one of my favorite shows. This has been, I mean, great debate for the MVPs. Next week, we're going to do NFC MVPs. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at OnTheLinePod, with underscores between every single word. You know, we'd love to hear from you guys, feedback on what you agree or disagree with our MVPs. You know, anything you guys want, whatever. Even even if you guys did friendly competitions like I did with my girlfriend over the July 4th. You know, anything you guys want to talk to us about, we'd love to hear from you, even have you on the show. Ryan, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thanks for coming on the Thank show. You. This Thank you guys so much for having me. We hope to have you on again, man. Anytime. Absolutely. And, you know, Noah, as always, it's just been an absolute pleasure uh, working with you and, and having an amazing show this week. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Ryan, thank you for coming on. 